podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. No breaks. No breaks. No fear. No fear. The official British Speedway podcast. Coming up on this week's episode, we're joined by Sports Insure Premiership CEO and FIM Speedway Grand Prix Race Director Phil Morris as we take a look ahead to Cardiff. Warner Brothers Discovery and the FIM and myself as well know that last year's show was below par. One I've never watched back, so I don't know if I want to watch it back. Um, I, I want to get rid of that demon and sort of move on. Ollie Olsen and his team will be uh, working on the track and uh, looking at what they did at Walsall this year. I think the track was good there. So obviously replicating that will be the, the outcome they're looking for, really. Well, one rider heading to Cardiff will be Steve Worrell as the British wildcard. We hear from him. I've sensed already, you know, the the fans, you know, getting behind it all because, like, the the two meetings I've done since, I can hardly get to the changing rooms, you know, through people wanting to talk and, <laughs> you know, but I, no, I absolutely love it. And Ipswich star Jason Doyle is looking to follow up qualification for the 2024 Grand Prix Series with victory at the Principality Stadium. In, in the final four times and feel like I can mix it with the top boys again, which is a nice feeling and know that I can still uh, be up there in the, in the end. So we want to be on the top of the rostrum uh, and hopefully it's going to be Cardiff. All this and more all on the way. No breaks, no fear. The official British Speedway podcast. This is the official podcast of British Speedway with a new episode available every Wednesday, if not before, depending on the week. I'm Ian Brannan, and in this week's episode, as we mentioned at the start, some big interviews to come. Phil Morris and Steve Worrell on the way later, but we're going to start by reviewing the action from Monday night in the Sports Insure Premiership. And it was a big tussle at the East of England Arena between the Peterborough Panthers, starting the evening as basement boys, up against one of the fancied teams of the year, the Sheffield Tigers. Wolfenden once again, it's, oh my goodness, Everson now coming on strong. One last blast through the final time and the home team have done it. They've done it. What a night for the Peterborough Panthers and what a race to finish the night. Peterborough Panthers fans delighted and they haven't had too much to cheer about in recent times. Yeah, that big 5-1 from Vadim Tarasenko and Niels Christian Everson in Heat 15, fending off Ty Wolfenden, suffering his only defeat of the night, leading to a Panthers win, 53-37. Both sides saw their rising stars ruled out after Dan Jokes and Jordan Jenkins crashed out in Heat 2. That reduced the Tigers to five riders. Number one, Tobias Musilak, was already missing after a crash in Poland on Sunday. But reserve Patrick Wojolo racked up 13-plus-2 for the Panthers' Tarasenko. Senko adding 12 plus 1, Everson 9 plus 3, whilst the visitors lack support from Wuffenden Sensational 18 plus 1 haul. In a moment, we'll hear from the two team managers. But uh, those top scoring Peterborough Panthers riders, Patrick Wojolo and Vadim Tarasenko, were speaking afterwards with Abby Stevens and Scott Nichols. You know, it, it wasn't a little bit tough for Mike. Uh find comeback in my gold setup for this track because in the last meeting on this track it wasn't my best performance uh, because my engine was on the service in uh, Poland and uh, I tried my setups and it doesn't work on the last meeting. Today we and my mechanics we find a good setup uh, for the last three meetings for the start but still not great but it's working. 
Well done. We've also got your countryman in, so I'll let Scott, you ask yeah. the question. Oh, yeah, throw it over to me. Yeah, cheers. <laughs> uh, just, Patrick, now we're going to have to ask you, how do you pronounce your last name? Because we've got it wrong all night. Last name, boy, do what? He can say it right. <laughs> You've had a fantastic night tonight. You must be happy racing in England. Yeah, I like this track. I like England track. It's very short, very fast and grippy. For me, it's the best. Yeah, you had a fantastic night tonight. You'd love to come back next year. Yeah, I think yes. Come back. Patrick Wojtylo. That's how you pronounce it there. Just rewind it. You can hear the man saying it himself. Uh, That's the official pronunciation, which uh, we'll need to get used to in British Speedway by the sounds of it, because he's enjoying his time here. Let's hear from the two team managers then. It's been a tough old season for Rob Lyon in these post-match interviews, but uh, I think got a bit of a smile on his face for once this evening. Rob Lyon and Simon Stead uh, speaking with Scott Nichols on Discovery+. Plus. What a rejuvenated performance by the Panthers. If only they could uh, start the season like that. Absolutely, Scott. Yeah, I mean, it shows what a settled team can do around here and, uh, yeah, really pleased for them, uh, pleased for the fans and uh, nice to get a win under our belts. Yeah, definitely. The win's under the belt and that bonus point's up for grabs too. Yeah, that, that's the thing. I mean, we're looking at it and thinking, Christ, we can get the bonus point, you know, not just a win, which is great. And, uh, you know, the boys will be fighting for that in Heat 15 and um, hopefully we can pull it off. Simon, it's been a tough, tough night for you boys. You've been up against it. You said you lost your number one before you came in, but uh, you still battled hard. Uh, yeah, we've battled hard, um, just uh, being let down in some areas tonight. Scott, it's, uh, it's disappointing. Um, look, it, you're always on the back foot when you're starting with RR uh, at number one, but uh, a superb display for, from Ty, but he can't do it on his own, so we've needed a couple others to, to step up, and uh, we've got going a little bit towards the end, so hopefully we can pull something out of the bag in Heat 15 potentially getting interesting as far as the final playoff spots are concerned in the Sports Insure Premiership. Wolverhampton faced Ipswich. Ipswich, of course, currently in that fourth space, although the Sheffield Tigers do have meetings in hand. But it was Wolverhampton who moved themselves to the brink of playoff qualification officially after a 46-44 win over the Ipswich Witches in another dramatic meeting at Monmore Green. But that spot still not officially secure. The Witches still have an out Outside chance of the top four after Jason Doyle and Emil Saifutinov raced to a 5-1 in Heat 15 to take the aggregate point. The Witches' top uh, two both piled up the points with Doyle scoring 15, missing out uh, only in a competitive Heat 13. Saifutinov picked up 12 plus two bonus points. Wolves' solidarity saw them just make it over the line though with Ryan Douglas top scoring on 8 plus two. But home boss Peter Adams admits He's concerned by their current form at Monmore. Here he is speaking after the meeting with Ryan Guest. Well, Peter, the wait mathematically goes on, but nevertheless, it's a step closer to those playoffs here tonight. Yeah, we just uh, need one additional point now from somewhere, but we've got a few matches in which we can get them. Yeah, obviously, when uh, Doyle and Saifut and Offington, you said in your, your meeting preview, it was always going to be a, a close-run thing and uh, certainly played out that way here tonight. Yeah, we were expecting a tough meeting, obviously, and now Ipswich are desperate for the points. They rode very well, you know, and um, but we had just that little bit too much for them, but it was only a bit. Yeah, we're, we're seeing a, a run of close contests here at Monmouth Green as well. Obviously, uh, that's something you, you'd like to sort out uh, b- b- before that playoff uh, comes around. Yeah, we talked about this in the team meeting today. You know, I mean, that's uh, that's not going to be the recipe for success in the playoffs. And, you know, we obviously need to be more dominant here, but... The guys understand that, you know, and um, as I say, we only talked about it in all seriousness tonight. 
So uh, let's see if they can put that uh, together on uh, Bank Holiday Monday. Yeah, and like you say, coming up, uh, it's away in home clashes uh, against Sheffield now, also fighting for the playoffs. And next Monday here at uh, Monmouth Green, live on Eurosport, the, the return of Ty Woffington, and it should be a, a big crowd for a big occasion. Yeah, it'll be uh, it'll be a great occasion, and um, uniquely it'll be the first time Ty and I have ever been in opposition to one another. So um, strange experience for us both, but uh, there'll be no room for any sentiment. You know, we're going for the win. Might have been a little bit closer than many would have liked, and at times not pretty, but they got the job done, as Leon Flint reflects on that clash against the Ipswich Witches with Ryan Guest. Yeah, it was a good battle. Um, most important thing is we've come away with the win, and uh, yeah, the fans can go home satisfied. Yeah, on the verge of the playoffs now, just uh, just one more point needed, I, I believe it is, and it is obviously what what the team have been building towards, and, and need to start getting that momentum ahead of that playoff race now. Yeah, that's the thing. Um, last year we had quite a long gap before we was here for the playoffs, so I think we've got quite a few meetings coming up now, um, home and away, so hopefully that can uh, can only be good for us. It's quite unusual for, for the Wolves to be performing better away from home than here at Monmore, isn't it? Yeah, um, well, on a personal note, I always do better away. Um, but yeah, like, you know, at the end of the day we're winning um, and, and the racing has been good here, so... I mean, obviously, we, we would prefer to be winning by, you know, 15, 10 points. But, you know, like I say, we're still winning. So that's all that matters. Like you say, it maintains that unbeaten run here at Monmouth Green tonight as well. And after a frustrating start mechanically for yourself in Heat 2, a couple of good passes in Heat 8, but particularly Heat 12, a beautiful move around the outside in that one. Yeah, I felt I felt good on the bike. Um, you know, that Heat 2, it's just something completely out of... My control and my mechanics uh, control, um, but it's just one of them things um, that happened that, you know, just have to move on and, and get on with it, which I felt like I'd done. And I know speaking to you previously, you feel that coming into this season as the, the top rising star in the Sporting Shore Premiership as well, you, you felt you could have maybe kicked on a, a little bit more, but nevertheless, if you could save your, your best performances for the, for the business end of the season, then that'll make up for it. Yeah, that's the thing. Um, you know, I would like to be pushing a bit, you know, probably into the, the main body of the team, um, you know, if you used to ask me that at the start of the year. But, you know, I can't change the past. I can only look forward and, um, you know, look look at things that's going to get me to that position. And, um, yeah, a couple of better meetings will hopefully do that. Well done to you in the Wolves tonight, Liam. Cheers, thank you. Another big night for the top two of the Ipswich Witches is one of them, Jason Doyle with Ryan Guest. So yeah, here at uh, Wolverhampton tonight, a 46-44 defeat in the end. Uh, so close, but but so far for the Witches. Yeah, that's a big disappointment. We come here uh, wanting to get all the points and uh, keep the title hope alive. And uh, I think that was a big knock knock back having uh, just that defeat then. So we hope uh, now that the other teams can uh, fall victim to a few losses. But at the moment, I think it's out of our hands. Yeah, like you say, it was a... a performance to be proud of from the witches here at uh, at Mama Green technically a, a tough place to come to but um, like you say a couple of a drop points along the way as well so a, a bit of extra frustration perhaps yeah we have uh, I think um, we all tried our best and uh, it wasn't good enough we needed to uh, really get on top of the Wolves riders they've been so good around their home track all season and we knew it was going to be a tough task to uh, to win here and we uh, we yeah, were disappointed I'm very disappointed with uh, 
with the outcome, but I guess what else can you do? You need to uh, just think about uh, what we can do in the next couple of matches and, uh, and see what happens. Yeah, and when you look at the run you've been on before this trip to Mama Green, obviously pushing Wolves to, to within a couple of points as well, it, it does make you wonder what this team could have achieved if, if it had been a full 1-7 to seven all season. Yeah, definitely. Um, like I said before, with uh, Dan getting injured, uh, we had um, Jason for the first time tonight and he tried his best and it's, a, it's tough to, to come back to this league uh, when you haven't rode here for, for so many matches and I guess when we've got a full team like we did tonight, um, I, I guess we, we, we're in for a shot for, for the title but at the moment it's not looking good. Yeah, and just finally on that individual basis, obviously a, a stunning performance from yourself, only that blip in uh, Heat 13 and it certainly turned into a, a bit of an interesting battle with uh, Sam and Rory. Yeah, I come under under the boys into turn three and um, there was uh, not much power coming in that bike when I hit the dirt and it took off and, yeah, that was a mistake by myself but you got to try to uh, to get these uh, extra points to, to win the match and I went for it, um, didn't pay off and uh, nearly come down but uh, that's Speedway. Well, of course, Jason Doyle might not have known that Sheffield threw some points away on uh, on Monday night as well. So it does keep things very, very tight down there. Sheffield, of course, have these meetings in hand, but there is still a way for the Ipswich Witches to get themselves into the Sports Insure Premiership playoffs. Let's hear from team manager Richie Hawkins. Normally coming in here and putting a performance like that, you'd be really happy, but obviously we've left ourselves such a uh, massive task to try and make the playoffs that we needed to win and... Um, yeah, it's gutting to lose by two because I think we're in such good form um, and brilliant effort from the boys. I can't fault anyone tonight. They were great. It's, it's just not quite there and we've left ourselves too much to do. Yeah, like you say, Emil and Doyle leading from the front once again. Just a, a couple of drop points throughout the night that have proved crucial in the end, though. Yeah, we've had a couple, you know, where Keenan's fell off in Heat 14 when it's kind of in second and Daniel, we're on a 5-1 and Daniel's gone down and obviously we've gone on a 5-1 in 13 and Doyle's lifted and... So, yeah, there's, you know, you can look at that. But overall, I mean, I can't fault the boys at all. Their effort and their effort over the last sort of couple of months to get ourselves back in the playoff race was tremendous. But, you know, obviously it looks uh, ominous for us now. Yeah, like you say, the odds were stacked against you going into this uh, this run you've been on as well. Even more highly stacked now, but nevertheless got to go out there and, and just give it give it the all for these remaining fixtures now. Yeah, we'll win our last two meetings, you know. We, we've got to win at home against Leicester and then obviously we're, all, we're always going to want to win at Kings Lynn. Um, yeah, and get ourselves going. You know, we got we still got the cup to go for, so let's win the cup. Yeah, I was going to say it's not all over, and uh, certainly the the way the boys have pulled together, and since you since you've got the boys back together with Eric coming back into form as well, it would be nice to have something to to show for for the spells of this season. Yeah, I think you know you can see what team we kind of would have been if it hadn't been from the early season troubles. Now, um, unfortunately, we're just just slightly too far off. I think. Well, next up for the Ipswich Witches, it's a home clash against Leicester. Leicester were not in action on Monday night, but that, uh, again, has uh, a bearing potentially on how the playoff picture is uh, going to pan out over the next couple of weeks or so. It's getting exciting down there. Lots to ride for. Maybe not so much at the National Speedway Stadium on Monday night, though, because uh, the two sides there, their fates are uh, very much confirmed. The uh, Bellevue Aces heading through to the uh, playoffs, of course, in the 
Sports Insure Premiership. Kings Lynn can no longer get there, although they do have a new signing in the form of Robert Lambert, who made his debut at the National Speedway Stadium. But the meeting was curtailed one race early because of rain. The Aces dominated proceedings with Brady Kurtz, who scored 11 plus one, scoring a paid maximum. Dan Bewley and Jamin Lidsey both scored 11 and dropped their only points to Robert Lambert on his return to the National Speedway Stadium. Lambert himself scored nine, won two races along the way, whilst namesake Simon Lambert was the visitors' only other heat winner. We can hear from the latter, Simon Lambert, right now speaking after the meeting with Lee Wilde. Simon Lambert, tough conditions out there tonight, but I think it's fair to say that the riders left everything on the track out there. Yeah, mate, you know, it's uh, a time of year, isn't it? Good old British summer, but... uh... It's, it's one of them, mate. You get in front, you can see what you're doing. You know, I've done six, seven tear offs a race, and some people have been silly enough to take the goggles off. So it's what it is, you know. But yeah, at the end of the day, we're all going home unscathed. Not ideal. It's not really racing. It's not the best advert for the fans, which you know is, is a bit of a sad thing. But the meeting's done, and obviously we don't have to come back. That's good to say. You're first as captain, I believe, and it must be an honour to captain a team that means so much. You know, coming in during the middle of the season, the manager had some lovely words for you. What does it mean to you to be captain? Yeah, it's a good honour, you know, and, um, you know, I, I enjoy it, you know. It's been hard work to really do a lot tonight with seven rides yourself, but uh, we go again, you know. we got we got, we got you boys Thursday. Yeah, so, you know, there's no there's no easy meetings. Um, it'd just be so good just to get a win, you know, just for Buster and Dale and Hoggy and, you know, the fans especially, you know, I've seen a few Lynn fans on the back straight tonight, to be fair, and, you know, we keep saying, you know, it's not easy for anyone, you know, but we keep going and we go again and Thursday's a new day and, uh, like I say, you know, not the best racing advert tonight, but we're all going home in one piece and uh, we'll regroup and give it all on Thursday. Must be looking forward to get back in front of your own fans, I guess. Yeah, Yeah, it's always good, but, I mean, problem we've had this year is we don't know what track we're getting every week so you know, you know when you come here it's normally pretty good at the minute it's just a bit wet but it's a bit it, yeah. it is what it is you know but uh yep we'll be giving it a rule and we'll see what happens yeah we get more lambert for your money with the kingsland stars at the moment simon lambert and also robert lambert back in the side and he was their top scorer at the national speedway stadium let's hear from the kingsland team manager dave hoggart after that uh, rather wet and muddy experience in the end at the national speedway stadium and a fairly bruising encounter on the scoreline for the kingsland stars as well um conditions didn't help but it was the same for both sides obviously the bellevue guys have got um bit of home track advantage they go really really well here um you know i don't need to sort of kid anybody we we turned up with an understrength team um you know we missed nikolai terribly and uh you know if he'd have been here he'd have been in double figures as he's been consistently all all year really he's only had one poor meeting in my time um so it, it is what it is you know i mean we, we were keen to keep going and we, we, you know, in theory, we could have called a halt after 10. We didn't want to do that. We wanted to keep going and give it our best shot. Um, you know, there's still a league bonus point to raise for, although obviously it's going to be an uphill challenge for us on Thursday when the Aces come and visit us. Um, Robert, I'm pleased with Robert. I mean, nine from five. He's disappointed with his own performance. His first meeting back in the UK. Um, you know, he hasn't ridden here for a year and, you know, he, he ran a duck in his first ride and he was really disappointed with his performance in that. But, you know, my expectation is that Robert will just go from strength to strength and replace Nikolai. 
like some of this team, you've come in mid-season as well, and it's been a tough season for Kings Lynn. What do you want to instil in this team before the end of the season? It's, 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 for us, really, now, uh, it's about next year. Um, it's it's, it's pr- pretty pointless thinking that we can carry something off this year. You know, we, we are where we are, and we are trying to make the best of an unfortunate situation. What we're, what we're not trying to do is, is dream on. Um, you know, the lads, you, you saw yourself, you saw how they rode tonight. Absolutely pouring with rain all night long, and they never gave up. But a couple of mechanicals. Emil had a, a, a poor night by his standards tonight. You know, he, he, he dropped off, he, he got a bit of um, bent his front wheel and a bit of a twisted fork. Um, and then he packed up in his third ride. So I took him out of his last ride. There was there was no point in putting him through more pain. Um, you know, and to a degree, whatever points, Robert won that race, but whatever points we got, we're going to be a bit of a bonus here to help us on Thursday night. And just a quick word for Nikolai, obviously an inspirational captain, really missing him. It's dreadful what, what's happened to him, isn't it? Personally, I'm heartbroken. Um, he's been a tower of strength for so long. And me coming back in after almost 10 years away from the management side of the sport, I've relied heavily on Nikolai. Um, and he has, he's been an absolute rock. And I'm really, really disappointed for him. You know, he's sending us WhatsApps and he's cheerful enough about the situation. But And he's getting some specialist help in Poland. Um, his club have put him in a special clinic where he's having daily treatment. So, you know... Hopefully he'll recover 100% and then whatever Nikolai does next year, he'll be back to his old self. But, you know, really upsetting that he's in this situation. Well, some news just in regarding Sheffield and uh, Sheffield's injury woes continue. You may have seen the crash involving Dan Jokes and Jordan Jenkins on Monday night in that televised meeting. It's been confirmed that Dan Jokes has sustained a broken wrist. He's going to have to go back for some further scans to ascertain whether he's uh, also broken his scaphoid as well. But this is pretty much um, similar injury to what Jack Holder has sustained. And uh, this is going to, of course, lead to a period on the side. Headlines. Dan Jokes, critical point of the year. There's not many weeks left of the Speedway season, so the uh, Sheffield bosses will be looking at their options now. Um, the Tigers set to host Wolverhampton at Ollerton on Thursday evening, so uh, the rising star Dan Jokes for the Sheffield Tigers set to be out for... Uh, a little while, it would seem. And best wishes to uh, to Dan, who, of course, uh, came to appear on this podcast uh, earlier in the year. Right, let's have a roundup of uh, everything that's coming up this week in the Sports Insure Premiership. The race for the playoffs intensifies. A crunch clash between Ipswich and Leicester takes place on Thursday night at Foxhall. If you're unable to make it, that fixture will be live on BSN on Thursday night. Whilst Sheffield host Wolverhampton, as we just touched on, they do have injury woes. Not sure if uh, Tobias Musilak will be back in time for that at this moment in time of re- recording. Dan Jilks certainly will be missing. Robert Lambert makes his return to the Adrian Flux Arena as Kings Lynn face Bellevue. Leicester then take on Sheffield on Saturday night. Yeah, that's right. Saturday night action for the Sheffield Tigers at Leicester. Crucial one for the playoffs. And a packed bank holiday Monday kicks off with Bellevue versus Leicester at midday, whilst the Lions then host at Kings Lynn and Wolverhampton take on Sheffield. Both of those get on at 8pm. Peterborough and Ipswich all 
also resolve their knockout cup semi-final and uh, it'll be a battle to uh, face Sheffield in the grand final which is due to take place in the middle of September. That's the week ahead in the Sports Insure Premiership. Um, we're going to just have a quick look at what's been happening in the Cab Direct Championship as well. It's all been hotting up at the top of the table. Oxford manager Peter Schrock had consoling words for Luke Killeen after breaking the news that the 16-year-old Ashton Baugen would replace him in the Cheetahs' side. He said naturally he was gutted when we told him the news, but he respected our decision, which to me is a sign of a true professional, and he'll be a major part of our team-building plans for 2024. Ashton Baugen uh, celebrating his 16th birthday on Monday and being signed by Oxford the same day. Oxford are at the top of the Sports Insure Premiership, and they've got uh, some busy, big fixtures coming up over the course of the next week as well. We'll touch on those in a moment. Redcar's boss Gavin Parr is confident his team are going to come but good at the right time as they look to secure major silverware in the closing stages of the campaign. Redcar sealed their progression into the Cab Direct Championship playoffs with a narrow win over the Birmingham Brummies. Perhaps uh, the scoreline a little narrower than uh, the final result should have been with uh, uh, that uh, 5-1 right at the end for the Birmingham Brummies closing the gap quite considerably but uh, Redcar had the meeting won by Heat. 14. Um, Berwick Bandit's injury woes continue with reserve Connor Coles suffering a broken collarbone and humerus in a crash during Saturday's defeat at Glasgow. Coles came to grief in Heat 12 of a meeting which completed another tough weekend for the Shieldfield Park side as they lost out home and away to the Glasgow Tigers. The Pool Pirates keep the pressure up at the top of the Cab Direct Championship. Pool promoter Danny Ford says the chance to return to a settled lineup was a key decision for them to bring in Joe Thompson to replace the injured Adam Roynan. Uh, Danny Ford said searching for suitable guests is no easy task and uh, a different face in the pits every meeting is not ideal, particularly for a team morale. So uh, hopefully having Joe on a permanent basis for the rest of the season will we'll be able to forge a strong team off the track as well as on it. The Edinburgh boss John Campbell admits the long trip to Poole on Sunday was always going to present a tough encounter, though. The Monarchs operated ride replacement for Craig Cook and went down 59-31, uh, which coupled with a home loss to Oxford on Friday leaves them still hanging on in the playoff race. Glasgow have reported the departure of Marcia Novak with a new signing ready to be announced. Novak is to focus on his Polish commitments, having left the Tigers after their win at Berwick last weekend. Scunthorpe skipper Simon Lambert says the Scorpions have plenty to go for as they remain in the battle for honours. He said, we do need consistency from us all. I still believe this team can win the playoffs if seven of us hit the jackpot at the right time. Looking at the week ahead then in the Cab Direct Championship, Glasgow face three away matches in four nights as they visit Plymouth on Tuesday, Poole on Wednesday, Scunthorpe on Friday. Wednesday's schedule also includes Scunthorpe's visit to Birmingham. Edinburgh host a double header against Poole and then Birmingham on Friday night. What a night that's going to be, whilst Oxford host Plymouth. Also, Redcar host the Championship League Riders Championship with the event taking place at the Echo Arena on Teesside on Sunday afternoon. 
Uh, a great lineup for that is assured. And uh, get yourself down there if you can. I know people that are making their very first trip to uh, Redcar for this meeting. So uh, get yourself down there and enjoy some great speedway. The track record has gone twice in the last fortnight, by the way, at Redcar as well. So the track at the moment is uh, certainly very, very fast indeed and set up for some great racing. A uh, quick look at the um, National Development League. The, uh, there's not a great deal going on too much this week. Oxford could go top of the NDL table as they host Berwick on Wednesday prior to their showdown with the current leaders Leicester in the East Midlands on Saturday. Uh, meanwhile, Bellevue and Workington meet home and away this weekend at the National Speedway Stadium on Friday before the return at Northside the following day. So that's how things look in those two leagues. Right, in the next part of No Breaks, No Fear, we are going to speak to the CEO of the Sports Insure Premiership uh, and also the the uh, FIM race director for the Speedway Grand Prix. It's Phil Morris. Next, we're talking Cardiff. We're talking British Speedway. We're talking Emil Saifutinov. Will he get back in the Grand Prix? Just a few of the questions coming up in the next part of No Breaks, No Fear. No Breaks, No Fear. The official British Speedway podcast. Welcome back to No Breaks, No Fear, the official British Speedway podcast. But we're going to turn our attention to the FIM Speedway Grand Prix for a bit because Cardiff is just around the corner. The Speedway Grand Prix of Great Britain takes place on the 2nd of September back at the Principality Stadium and uh, set to be a great event, not only in the stadium, but of course around the whole city as well. A real meet-up and a festival of, uh, of Speedway with fans getting together to catch up and have a drink and maybe have a pint with your favourite rider or ex-rider as well. There's so much to look forward to. And I'm pleased to say that joining us is not only the CEO of the Sports Insure Premiership, but of course he's also the race director of the Speedway Grand Prix Series with the FIM, Phil Morris. Um, Phil, thanks for joining us. Um, let's address the elephant in the room from the start, get the awkward question out of the way, the track. Everybody knows it uh, It wasn't the greatest last year, but I know that there's a lot of effort gone in to making things better this year. I just wondered if you could tell us a little bit about that work and uh, about the, the track situation first. Yeah, thanks Ian for having me on. Um, obviously, the elephant in the room, as you say, the track wasn't up to standards last year. No, no question, no doubt about it. It wasn't good enough for the riders. It wasn't good enough for the fans, for the fans at the stadium, and it wasn't good enough for the fans watching on TV. Um, one discovery, um, are aware of this. They're aware that they've got to put a lot more effort into the track, which they have been doing. Um, they know this year they need to prove to people that they can put a good race track down and get some good racing and put a good show on. So it, it's going to, they know they need to prove themselves this year. So they're, um, I believe, you know, again, this is Ollie Olsen and his team will be uh, working on the track uh, to make sure it's as good as possibility. And uh, looking at what they did at Walsall this year, I think the track was good there. So obviously replicating that will be the, the outcome they're looking for, really. 
I know scientists have been involved in analysing the, the chemical makeup of, of the surface of the material. It's completely new material that's going down as well. Uh, there's also some adjustments to the size of the track too. I just wonder if you can tell us a little bit more about those changes. Yeah, you probably won't see a massive difference in the sheet distance, in the difference from last year, but it'll be a little bit more width on the track, which always helps um, because it makes sort of rider vulnerable going into the bend if there's more gaps either side of him. Uh, so, so it will be slightly different, maybe not to the naked eye, but the riders will notice it, that's for sure. A little bit of a difference in maybe shape, size and uh, width, which is more important. Yeah, like you say, new material and a bit more new technology going into it to try and make sure, because it's it's not something you can really just go into your local uh, store and buy, buy uh, 100 tons of it. It's not something that it's, it's a best spoke product. And, uh, yeah, they've had some people working on it to make sure it's the right content. And it'll hopefully, we say hopefully, because, again, it's a natural product. It, uh, nothing is guaranteed in life, but I am I feel reasonably confident with the work that I know is going on in the background. And uh, there will be a sh- sort of a, a track test as well prior to the event, which we've always done at Warsaw. Um, and that's something the FIM have brought in this year, that any temporary track going forward will need some kind of a, a track test, make sure before you just rock up from practice and you have problems, you've got time to either address it or be aware of the issues in advance. So, yeah, there will be something in advance to sort of test the circuit, number one. And, uh, yeah, we just got to hope that the, the work that's going in uh, comes out good and we have a great event. Tell us a bit about the timeline of getting the track in there because I think work is due to begin very soon at the time of releasing this, so uh, sort of the week before the the event itself, and and what's the work that goes on beforehand to get the track ready for the bikes to go on it? I think it you know, obviously it's not my expertise, but I'm aware it takes three or four days to get the track in and settled. So I know they'll be in the weekend before the event, and uh, yeah, hopefully on Wednesday then we'll be able to throw the bikes around the track and see how it reacts and. Uh, Hopefully that'll be hurdle one uh, over. And then once we've got a bit of confidence in it, then that will be a good good thing for when the riders come then. But again, you know, we, we, it's, it's something that we know that we've got to put on a good show this year. Like say Warner Brothers Discovery and the FIM and myself as well, know that last year's show was below par. We, we're not really, you know, I'm, I've always been up front in saying that. I didn't feel... It was the best event. Um, it's one I've never watched back. So I don't know if I want to watch it back. Um, it's uh, yeah, I, I want to get rid of that demon and sort of move on. So hopefully, as of Sunday, I can sit down and remember a good event rather than a negative one. Hopefully. Well, last year certainly lives long in the memory for Dan Bewley. He said it was one of his career highlights in an interview I did with him um, a week or so ago. Um, so it wasn't all negative, and he's probably going to be watching it back. Um, we do this year have, obviously, three regular Grand Prix riders from, from Great Britain in the series, plus Steve Worrell, who's not planning on going on just to make the numbers up. Um, so lots for British fans to cheer with each of those four British riders all having a British club now, a current one, not least the clubs perhaps that those riders used to race for as well. So um, a lot of a lot of people, a lot of um, fans will in some way feel connected to, to some of these riders that are on show on uh, at the Grand Prix at Cardiff 
on the 2nd of September. Yeah, I'm sure. And, you know, it'll be something he'll never forget. And, uh, you know, he was mentally stronger than most riders last year. You know, he, um, you could see, I'm not saying he reveled in the condition, but it didn't phase him. It didn't bother him where it was only two or three riders you could see that was like that. The rest of them seemed to be bothered by it, but Dan really didn't, uh, get worried by it. And I think that proved the way he just got on with the, his riding and, uh, didn't, didn't let it affect him and, and won, you know, fantastically. And it was great to have, obviously, it's always good to have a, a local winner at each Grand Prix. And as you say, someone like Steve Worrell, you know, he's going to be coming in and uh, he's got nothing to lose and everything. You know, it's a big stage and uh, a couple of good starts uh, and you never know, you know, he can put himself about. And yeah, same with Robert Lambert, you know, Ty Wuffenden, now he suddenly started to get going again with the Brits as you know, he, he made a final. Okay, it didn't go great in Riga for him, but I think it was his first final in a while. And uh, yeah, so you've got lots of good options there. And of course, you've got they're all chasing Bartosz Marzlik, who is currently the best rider in the world. So yeah, there's lots of um, And I think you talk about British speedway. I think it's good to know now that we've sort of, in my opinion, if you include sort of the riders we've had this year, we've probably at most points this season, we've had seven of the top 10 riders in the world racing in our league, which I, I would say that's not been said in the last 10 years at least. Um, so it's, it's a good thing that they are back in British British Speedway in the Premiership and long may that continue. And uh, you know, even when the tracks are really good in the temporary track, there's always a little bit of difference in them. So it's, it's sometimes good for the guys that race in Britain, I think, that they have a little bit of, uh, probably a little bit of advantage because they're used to a little bit more technical and uh, smaller tracks rather than the big Polish tracks. So it fall into the hands of the guys that race in the British League. But, um, yeah, it, it, I, I just hope it's a good event and uh, whoever wins, they'll deserve it. And uh, we'll go on talking about how good the event was. Bartosz Schmarschlik, um, of course, is the reigning world champion, but he could actually make history at Cardiff, or certainly equal history, because he's uh, currently just one behind the all-time record of, of Grand Prix wins held by Jason Crump. He's level with Thomas Golub at the moment. One more win would put him on that magic 23, uh, and conceivably, before the end of this season, he could have the most Grand Prix wins of all time. Are we looking at one of Speedway's greats very much in the making here uh, with Bartosz Schmarschlik. Yeah, he, he's a consummate professional and I think even I can't remember off the top of my head but I know the last few of the last rounds he's always had a hiccup whether he's been disqualified or something's happened and he's managed to just brush it off and still make the semis and and turn it on when it's needed and you, and you look at the final in Riga you know, probably everyone thought oh, okay, this is the settled final and then he goes and does what he does and Passes Freddie Lingram from the back in, in a style and probably went wider than anyone else had gone all night. And yeah, he, he is, you know, he's a guy that they all, you know, you all have to be honest to say, and they're all looking to chase him at the moment. Um, on the day, anyone can beat him. Yes, they can, anyone in the field, but he seems to be the most consistent. But I'm sure, you know, everyone's out to stop him from winning Grand Prix. So it won't be as easy as people think that he can just chalk him off. But, uh, yeah, who knows? We will wait and see what the outcome is. I'm just going to pause to talk about the Grand Prix Challenge, which took place last weekend. Um, Jason Doyle 
um, one of the first names through to 2024. He won the event. Um, Martin Vasilik and Simon Wozniak, the other names who are guaranteed to be in the Speedway Grand Prix for 2024. We can hear from uh, Jason Dahl now on what it means to him. Definitely the pressure's off now. I think we have uh, trying to make it in the top six. So hopefully I can now go and just ride my bike for the, the last uh, remaining three rounds. Uh, it was a great night, a uh, great day, sorry. But, um, yeah, it's, it's a nice way to, to finish the, the season and hopefully we can uh, build on next year. Yeah, for those meetings as well, obviously, because you're already a competitor, there's a, there's a lot of pressure or expectation from, from the outside um, on yourself. But there's also other boys who are dreaming to, to make it for the first time as well and, and, and they're the ones who feel they've got nothing to lose. Yeah, definitely. That um, challenge meeting can be a pretty brutal, brutal one with uh, the riders just wanting to ride through you. And it showed on the on the weekend how much uh, the 16 riders wanted to make Grand Prix and the moment when Shimon made it into the Grand Prix for the first time is the feeling I once had a few years back so we know um, the highs and lows of this sport and obviously uh, to, to get back into the Grand Prix where you want to always race is a, a massive uh, achievement again. And like you say for yourself it's been, a, it's been a, a much better series as well back back right in the mix as well where you want to be so um, like you say to, to be where you are already in the standings and now go into these last couple of rounds with that pressure off Hopefully we can we can just see you get in that top three now. Yeah, the last two years has been a nightmare trying to find uh, any sort of speed. And the last uh, couple of Grand Prix, uh, obviously Melilla didn't go well, but I've been on the in, in the final four times and feel like I can mix it with the top boys again, which is a nice feeling, and know that I can still uh, be up there in the in the end. So we want to be on the top of the rostrum, uh, and hopefully it's going to be Cardiff. Yeah, so saying the pressure's off there, I'm sure he's going to put the pressure on himself because, of course, Jason Doyle wants to win a world title or at least get a medal. Um, but um, Doyle there assured of, of qualification for, for 2023. Um, big meeting for him, but there will be people that say, Phil, that should he be in that uh, that competition, being in the in the top six or top ten of the, of the Grand Prix series? It's tough because there's a lot of people that will say the Grand Prix riders shouldn't be in the challenge. Um, which I can sort of understand to a certain extent. But then if if the guys, that, which they've done for the last few years, that are in the Grand Prix have still ended up finishing in the top three or four, it shows that they are the best riders, you know. And uh, you even look at Robert Lambert, I think he was disqualified when he was winning a race. He had a altercation and the referee, you know, went down on his side to disqualify him. But if it wasn't for that, he would have been in the top three. So you'd have had the, the, the three Grand Prix riders in the event that, that made the top three almost. So, yeah, it's uh, obviously we do. Last year, we didn't get a lot of new blood in. It was just a one rider change. But again, we need to decide do we want the best 15 riders in the world? Do we want different nationalities? Do we want new uh, riders to the to the stage? So we have to wheel all that up after Torren. And it will be a tough decision because if we do give new riders positions of wild cards and we're potentially dropping out senior guys that probably are in the top 15 in the world but we you know I think very tough decision and uh till after time we probably won't know we'll have to look how the situation is with the, the top six and then who's next in line look at what happened in the challenge it was very good that Dan Kvetch was next along and I think Luke Becker was in there as well so a couple of nationalities that may not be favourites to get a spot. They, they're knocking on the door, let's say. So, uh, yeah, it'd be interesting to see what happens after Torren and we make decisions what we feel is best for the sport, what's best for the fans. Some people agree, some people disagree, but we, we try and do the best we can when we make a decision. 
Okay, on the subject of wild cards and, and riders that maybe should be back in the Grand Prix series, based on their performances on the track, um, and certainly how he's lit up British Speedway wherever he's gone, both on the track and off the track, you know, the interactions he's had with the fans, just a delight to deal with at all turns. Emil Saifutinov, what a rider he's been for British Speedway. And uh, a lot of people saying that surely he would still be right at the very top of World Speedway were he allowed into the the Grand Prix series. Clearly, this is political and it's out of uh, most people's hands. But what is the current thinking on, on the Russian riders with regards to the Grand Prix series? Yeah, of course. Uh, you know, with number one and three in the world, Lagoon and Tygodinov, it's obviously tough that they dropped out due to obviously reasons uh, with, with the war in Ukraine. And... Uh, yeah, at the moment, the FIM stance is still very solid on, on what, what it was. And uh, I think you'll, the IOC, the International Olympic Committee, lead a lot of the charge. So um, a lot of the time, some sports are different. Tennis have allowed Russian athletes to compete from day one. Um, so they've looked at it differently to others. NHL hockey in uh, in America, I think they've got over 50 Russian players playing in the league, you know, and that's in America, whereas uh, obviously is that there's a big uh, clash of what's going on. But yeah, it's, it's really tough to understand what we should do, what we shouldn't do. But at the moment, stance from inside the FIM at the top is uh, we carry on as we are at the moment and who knows what will happen in the future. But at the moment, we can't talk about that until something changes or maybe the IOC or FIFA or some people start changing their policies. I think it sort of feeds down then. Um, it's unfortunate on them guys because, as you say, uh, even Emil, you know, I know he's even saying how he's worried he's going so well that his average will be too high and he won't be able to get a place next year in Britain. So it's uh, good things and bad things, you know, but I think he puts enough bums on seats and impresses enough people. It wouldn't matter if you have a 13-point average, people would want him in the team. But no, it, it is it is a shame because they are, to work with when they were in the Grand Prix, they were fantastic to work with, not a minute's problem. And of course, being number one and three in the world, it proved that they could eat from the top table. And uh, yeah, it, it, it's a big shame they're not. But unfortunately, that's the way the world is at the moment. And uh, we have to stand with what we believe in. And uh, yeah, it's tough. It's tough. And it's a very political question. But at the moment, as of today, there is no change in the FIM stance. It's certainly been British Speedway's gain, though. Um, you know, Emil, Artem Laguta. Uh, we've also now got you know the, the British boys back in um, Ty Wuffenden, Robert Lambert, along with Dan Bewley. We've got Max Frick, Jack Holder. All of these Grand Prix stars, international stars now, you know, coming back and giving credibility back to British Speedway, I think, and, and they're taking it seriously. You know, we heard from Ty Wuffenden in a recent interview, you know, him saying that, you know, this this is a place that's changed. He's noticed it's changed, and that's that's got to be good for you and, and pleasing to hear. Of course it does, you know. And again, there's always a positive and negative. We've got some issues with some teams, so we've got to deal with that. So we're not burying our head in the sand thinking, oh, because we've got some good riders, everything's sunshine and... Well, it is sunshine, you know, but, you know, we don't, we don't just necessarily think everything is perfect. Um, obviously, getting these riders coming in and uh, getting the level of riders in that we have, it proves that 
we've got a product that, and even even Tice, you know, he spoke to me after the Peterborough Sheffield match and was saying British Speedway feels cool again. You know, the Premiership. He said everything about it feels a bit cooler. It's a bit more, uh, you know, yeah. The tracks seem to be better for the riders. So yeah, they they're all happy to be coming back by the looks of it. And uh, you know, even I, and I don't mind saying this. Even the the minute that Artem Laguta got dropped from Kings Lynn, the first thing him and his manager was on the phone to me, find me another team. I want to race. I want to carry on racing in Britain. There was no case of him not wanting to race in Britain. Whatever you see, um, and he wanted to conquer his issues with a couple of that. So you know, in all, when you weigh everything up, yes, we've got some good riders. Yeah, we're hoping the product we can get it a bit better. You know, we want it visually better for the fans. We want it better for the TV audience and better for the riders. And if we do that, we can encourage the riders to come here, which is happening. And uh, yeah, we just got to organize the things with the issues at facts we've got with um, potential closures. So that's uh, another story. Yeah, it's another elephant in the room. It does concern fans when, you know, teams are in the headlines for the wrong reasons because of the threat of, of closure um, or, or, or what have you, you know, and, and everybody wishes these clubs all the best to, to try and find a way forward. And, and there's more work going on in the background than I'm sure anybody could ever realise. On the flip side, we do have teams coming back as well. Workington being the most recent example, got a new track up and running and been going absolutely fantastically in the National Development League. So we do have these clubs coming in and, and making a real difference as well. Yeah, of course. You know, the, the Peter Rumble ramp the situation is is it's just a great cloud. Um but what I would say is, you know, it's, it's hard to sort of put a positive spin on it, but this is not because the clubs are not profiting, they're not, you know, they're not doing a good job. As you've seen last night, it was a good crowd at Peterborough, it was a good meeting on TV. The people at the stadium were happy, the people on TV were happy. Um it seems to be um because we're not like other countries in Poland and Sweden and Denmark, where the, the sort of tracks are owned by the community and by the cities, it's very much private entities. And uh, when they decide they want to build houses on the land, it is difficult to keep them off. So this is another separate project that we need to try and stop this happening and get more longevity in all the tracks we have at the moment, try and get a blueprint forward and of course we look at the Oxfords and the Workingtons positivity that can come back when you come back will help in the ground with trying to help the Coventry case that's fighting that and that you know the Wolverhampton is another one you know hopefully we're waiting on some news from them which hopefully will be some positive news there um, and yeah it, it is tough because obviously if you don't have teams, we don't have fans. But, you know, for me, the important thing in anything we do is the people sat there watching events. We need to give them entertainment. If we can make it even better and get more fans involved and get more of a positive feedback and feel for the sport. Um, I understand in any sport it's the same with negativity. Um, people will always be negative about things and that's people's mentality. That's the way you deal with it. But I feel if we could all get behind the sport and be more proactive with it and everybody to do that. And uh, hopefully this time next year or the year after, we'll start maybe getting a new track and we can start going the other direction instead of worrying about tracks closing. That's the, the goal. 
I think that you know many fans. Um, well, you know, we love it so much, Speedway, that perhaps we do get too close to the sport, and 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 you know, closer than you will get to other sports. I always say that we are all promoters. People are saying, why aren't the promoters doing this? Why aren't the promoters doing that? We are the promoter, all of us, every fan, to go out and tell our friends, to tell people, to to big the sport up. Yes, you know, nothing, not everything's perfect, right? But we've got to sell the good stuff and I took some friends along to Bellevue last year um, when I was working there and they watched the event never been to a Speedway meeting before they're still raving about it now it wasn't the greatest meeting ever but they loved it they loved the experience and I think you know especially when we're coming into the Grand Prix where there's there's new fans there trying it out maybe for the first time that you know people see it through completely different eyes yeah. and 100% what you see there um, I was lucky enough to be involved with the Women's Speedway Academy at Manchester and I was here for a press release day and uh, there was a lot of people there that were from probably a MotoGP or World Superbike background and I remember there was a film crew there of an ex-rider, say ex-rider, he retired in his 20s, a superbike rider and he's got a a camera company and him and his friend were filming it as a sort of bit of a fever really for the woman that was organised and, you know, after the event, they were blown away. They said they wouldn't take their own friends to a MotoGP or a Superbike event because they love it just in their blood, but they wouldn't take them. They said a Speedway event, we'd happily bring four or five of our friends, have a beer, watch some racing. They said, what a cool event it is. And it's like they didn't even really know about They knew about sport, but they'd never been there. So for me, it's getting eyes on the sport and making people realise it's a good night's entertainment for a reasonable price. And uh, it's just spreading the gospel and spreading the word that, like you say, let's strip it back and forget that everyone has a nil-nil. I, I'm going to use, I don't know if anyone watched the league between Lublin and uh, who were they against Torren. Very close meeting, went to a last side. Uh, the crowd went mad. It was a full house. Everyone's raving about it. And you get statistics then after, they had two passes all night. <laughs> now, if that happened in a Grand Prix, I would be crucified. But because of that happened and it was a close event and, you know, Torrum was in front of Lublin, Lublin came back and won it in the end of the day. Sometimes there's a very different feel for what people feel is good, what people feel is bad. You know, you can have a, a five-all draw in football match, the same teams play, Three days later, it's a nil-nil draw. You know, this this is sport, and that's why you can't predict that everything's going to be perfect. Um, sometimes you have some some races, as you say, which are not quite as good. Sometimes you have some amazing races. It, it's, there's no magic formula to it. There's no magic wand. If you put a good track on, you've got some good riders. It helps. But, yeah, it's uh, the product, I think, we've just got to get in front of more people's eyes. Um, and, and the more we can do that, the more I believe we can get more people on the terraces, which is is, is the goal. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think people have seen uh, much more this year with the Discovery coverage, thanks to having the camera on you, on your ear, and, and seeing through your eyes a bit about how much work you do do at a Grand Prix or a major event where you're running around, you know, here, there, and everywhere doing all sorts of stuff. It's, um, you know, I think people do have a big respect for the effort that you put in, in in managing these and how hard it is to manage these these major events as well. It's not easy. 
It's a bit of a contentious one for me because I'm not particularly keen on it, I'll be honest with you. Um, although everyone thinks that I want to be on TV, it's not my goal. I'm uh, I'm not the one who makes that decision whether they show me or anything. I'm there doing my job as I have done for the last um, eight years. And uh, yeah, you know, it's, it's obviously a different direction with uh, Warner Brothers Discovery. They want to show a bit of maybe the background of what's going on and why there's a little bit of a holdup and what's happening in the pits and and things which I can see there's a benefit to. Um, but yeah, yeah, I do have uh, a busy time and uh, I think I broke the back of my busy two months now and it does calm down a little bit. So I've just got the three Grand Prix and uh, the British League, British Premiership uh, playoffs to go. So decent end into the season and let's hope we can have some good finishes in both. Yeah, absolutely fantastic. Well, look, thanks a lot for joining us, Phil, and uh, all the best for your next big assignment. Uh, Back on home turf at the Principality Stadium in Cardiff on the 2nd of September. Thank you, Ian. Well, one rider looking forward to the Cardiff experience is Steve Worrell. He might have finished runner-up to Dan Bewley, who became British champion last week. But Steve Worrell claimed the wild card, and he'll ride as number 16 in the British Grand Prix at Cardiff's Principality Stadium next weekend. And we will speak to Steve Worrell, who's been in conversation with myself and Kelvin Tatum in the next part of No Breaks, No Fear. No brakes, no fear. The official British Speedway podcast. Okay, in this final part, I'm going to share an interview that uh, Kelvin Tatum and I did not long ago on Kelvin Tatum's own podcast, which is called Tatum Talks Speedway. Well, guess what? Kelvin Tatum talks about Speedway. It does exactly what it says on the tin. Now, the most recent guest is the person who's been confirmed as the wild card for the British Grand Prix in Cardiff at the Principality Stadium this year, and that is Steve Worrell after he finished runner-up to Dan Bewley in the Sports Insure British Final last week. Now, this is part of a much longer interview, which you can hear in full by searching out that podcast, but uh, here is Kelvin Tatum in conversation with Stevie Worrell and they start off by reflecting on how things ended at the National Speedway Stadium in the British final. The last race in your qualifying heats, though, was important, wasn't it? Because you must have had an idea that you needed to win there. Yeah, I'd been told that if I if I won that one, it would you know, put me straight into the final. And uh, again, when things work in your favour, you know, I'm... No disrespect to any of the riders in that heat, but it wasn't it wasn't my hardest heat of the night, you know, so I wasn't going into that race with all the pressure of trying to win one of your toughest heats. Um, you know, it was kind of, you know, like I, I was quite positive going into it that I'd be able to do the job and get myself straight through. So, um, yeah, just going back to that, you know, every everyone has to have a bit of luck every now and then, and I guess that I, my luck came Monday. Yeah. On a one-off night like that, you need a touch of good fortune. Can I take you back a bit, bit please? Because um, I've been around a little while. You broke your leg. When did you break your leg, please? I can't remember exactly. 2018 it was. Beginning of the season, 2018. Yeah, because I was watching your progress and you were making good progress at that stage. You broke your leg. Um Took a little bit of time, obviously, to get over that. You were desperate to come back, but I, I sensed that it, it did hold you back a bit. Then we've had COVID. Does this result in 2023? Do you feel like you're finally getting back to that position where you were rapidly approaching back in 18 around that time? Yeah, you know, like I, I look back there myself and I feel like from where I was then, 
I've lost so much time, you know, like I, I'd kind of, off the back of 2017, the World Cup, World Games, you know, I think I got second that year in the British final. Uh, you know, that so much had gone through and in, in towards 2018, so much work had gone in, you know, like I'd, I'd never trained so hard. Like the, there was so much that had gone into that year and I kind of, I think it kind of, not only the injury, but everything kind of just knocked me down. And then obviously, like you say, 2019, not much still recovering from that. 2020, then COVID hit. So I feel like it, everything's halted progress. You know, I've not, not been able to just keep, keep going and keep pushing forward. And like, like now I feel like this year has been quite a big stepping stone for me and pushed me forward to get back on track to where, you know, I, I could have been projecting to in 2018. So, you know, I took a took a bit took a gamble. Went back to Poland this year, which I think's paid off for me. You know, it's makes you realise that you know, they, they don't play around over there. It's it's not like British Speedway. They, every time you go to the start line, there's no week there's no week race. Every race is full on, and I think that's done me good as well. You know, I think in England you can not so much get stuck in a rut, but you. You become a little bit complacent, um, and over there, you, still, still now, like I'll go there and you'll do the first seat, and you'll God, these are rough. I best, best broaden my shoulders up a bit here, and then you have to you know, like start start throwing your weight about after the first seat. But it's always, I feel like I need to just, you know, hit the ground running straight away from the first seat. But you come from England, where people don't really, you know, it's not racing isn't like that. It's more chilled, more laid back, and then you go over there do. Do your first seat, get roughed up a bit, and you go right. Like, best, best stick my neck out here, and and then it. No, I've got to get that more regular, and I think that's that's helped me. It's brought me on, and you know, here we are. Obviously, I have a different and a positive attitude on Monday, like you say. You you could tell from body language and things that I was there to do a bit, do a job. I was there to do like no meaning business. So yeah, I feel like it's you know everything's getting better for me. I'm getting getting back to, to riding how I, I know I can and scoring the results that I know I can. Yeah, and that's that's evident. I think that um, uh, the result on Monday night was uh, as a result of that. And it's good to see because I, I can appreciate that some of the issues you've gone through mentally and physically, it's never easy coming back from a tough one. What are you building up now? You're, you're flat out busy. I understand that. Fix your backlog. But what are your expectations going into Cardiff? You know, do you sense that, you know, are you putting a target on it or are you going there just to enjoy it or you want to, because it's a massive shop window for you now, isn't it? It is, yeah, and, and it's difficult. You know, I have thought about it, but I'm also like, I'm not one of them who, who talks a load of rubbish, you know, like I'm, I'm a realist. I'm realistic at the fact that the, you know, they're the best guys in the world. There's a reason that all of them are in the Grand Prix series because they are the best in the world. But also flip that around, you know, we're not on a big Polish track that I'm not used to um, where you need the, the fastest engines that you, you can have available to, you know, things are a little bit different at Cardiff, you know, it's smaller track, a little bit more technical, which, you know, as British riders, that's what we race week in, week out. So, and one of my attributes to my racing is my starting. So, if I can go there, you know, I'm used to the technical tracks. I like these small tracks, you know, I've, I'm not sure about the indoor ones, who knows. But if I can make some starts, you know, and ruffle a few feathers, then, you know, I'll be happy. But like you say, it's, it's hard because I, obviously 
I have some expectations and I, obviously I want to go there and of course I want to do well but I'm a realist in the fact that these guys are the best in the world and you know the main the most important thing is to just go there and enjoy it you know have fun soak up the day take it all in you know it's memories that'll last a lifetime there's not many people who who can you know they've got it on their resume that they've been the, the wild card at the British Grand Prix you know so I'm you know I'm very honoured to be able to do that and you know I'll make the most of that and I'll just go there and enjoy it and try my best and you know that's all I can do really and you've got qualifying to look forward to, Steve, which is clearly going to be the highlight of the weekend. But qualifying yeah. actually on the temporary tracks could be quite important, couldn't it? Because often, you know, if you're looking at the history of Cardiff, the inside gate quite often is 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 an advantage. So that will be something new for you, won't it? So, um, you know, you'll be. I'm sure that in itself on the Friday evening will be a nice little introduction, won't it? If you can do reasonably well there and make sure you... If I remember, I've ridden Cardiff, actually. I've been lucky enough to ride it. I've got long corners. It actually looks small, but rides big. I've practised there once, and that's what I thats what I remember from like what you were just saying. Then he, When you're up in the stands and you're looking down, it looks small, but when you're actually on, it kind of opens up, and it doesn't ride... Te- like It doesn't ride small. It's, um, yeah, it's a little bit different, and... and I, I mean, it was a while ago now. I can't remember. I can't remember what setup I was using. I'm going to have to try and do some digging and find out some information from some other guys who've been. But yeah, because the start's close to the first corner, you've got to make that jump, haven't you? You've got to be able to nip into the first corner inside gate. You can put your front wheel over that curb, and you can hit your front. Yeah, that's it. And like you said, the the inside gates are so important. So I think that makes qualifying even more important. You know, you 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 really, really want to be as high up as you can so you have the opportunity to pick either two ones and a, and a gate two and then, a, you know, do it like, or two gate twos. You, I think people are going to be fighting over um, them numbers where you get in them gates. So, yeah, it'll be important on Friday. You know, I, I like to think I'm pretty fast over a lap, so we'll see. <laughs> You mentioned, Stevie, that it's um, it's all hands to the pump now and uh, you've got a busy time. There's lots of fixtures going on with your various clubs, not least in Poland, but also with Poole and, and Wolves as well. Um, I know that you are looking to bring some gear over from Poland. So was that gear that you think is going to suit Cardiff better or what's the what's the thinking there? Well, it's just my my last meeting for my club in Poland, Daugapils, that's on the 27th and sadly we haven't made playoffs so kind of like the the curtains are drawn on that after that meeting so I thought well this is a perfect opportunity now just with the the run-up that we've got to Cardiff you know like it if I reel it off now it's I'm racing Sunday, Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday and Saturday I'll travel to Latvia then I'm in the race there Sunday back to Wolves Monday Tuesday off, Pool Wednesday, Peterborough Thursday, Cardiff practice Friday. So there's hardly a hardly a day off in between. So in between that, I'm trying to figure out, right, I need this engine servicing because I want to race this one at Cardiff and this one I want to have fresh-ish, you know. But then in between that, I need engines to be able to do all these meetings with. So And then say you have a drama in between where, you know, something happens and the bike gets bent or whatever. And So I just figured I was obviously sat down thinking about the whole situation the other day and trying to plan and I thought right well that my last meeting over there ideally I'd like to leave the van there because you have the opportunity then for open meetings and 
whatever else as the season starts drawing in. But um, you know, it's just a, the perfect opportunity. I think I, I need the equipment here, even down to the Peterborough match on Thursday. I can use at the fourth bike almost leave that dirty and I can bring three clean ones then to Cardiff and I'm fully prepared and everything's ready to go so we're not trying to find somewhere to do a quick bike wash Friday morning before the practice so just little things like that where I think you know, I'll, I'll benefit a lot from having all this all my, my other equipment with me and you know I have an engine over there which I'd like to bring anyway so I'd have the hassle of trying to get that back so it just makes sense to bring it all you know, especially when you look at that, I think there's like two, three days off in the next two weeks. Which whoever organises these calendars are crazy, but yeah, it is what it is. And um, you know, hopefully it'll do me a favour. You know, I'll go into it. You know, on, on the back of a lot of riding. You know, I can't can't go into it and say, "Oh, well, I've not I've not ridden for two weeks." You know, I'm a bit rusty. And I've got the advantage of being on the bike and racing regular, so and not having too much time to think about. Well, that's another that's another thing, um, Kelvin. And you know, I, I haven't got too much time to sit around, you know, overthinking and dwelling on the whole thing. It's literally just flat out. And there's certain things I want to organise. You know, if I try and, you know, generate a bit of sponsorship as well. Um, you know, I have I've got this great opportunity, and I can. It'd be nice to be able to do something, you know, for my current sponsors, but also to try and introduce some new ones. But just physically, don't have time, you know. And I don't want to like. Uh, overrun myself and you know get myself in a bit of a pickle so I think you know I, I don't know what I'm going to do on that side of things but it's it's best to just you know go with the flow I think and you know concentrate on the racing you know score the points and when it comes to Cardiff weekend just just go there and enjoy it there's no doubt that you you're going to have a lot of support um at the event when when it comes around on the 2nd of September um, not least your, your your current fan base of uh, pool pirates and, and wolves in this country, but also the sides you've represented previously, like Scunthorpe, Newcastle, for example, as well, Edinburgh, um, Swindon, you know, Bellevue, of course. You've represented a, a good spread of sides across uh, British Speedway, so it's going to be quite an experience, especially as we've seen in the past. It must be an experience that sticks with those riders forever, where you get out front in a Grand Prix and you know the crowd erupts it, it's going to be something that's going to stick with you for sure I, I remember I think one one thing that sticks in my mind obviously I, I was just starting out at Speedway the year that Chris Harris won it um, that was kind of like when just as I got going um, but one thing that sticks in my mind is I was the reserve and Danny King was the wildcard it was the year he won at the British Championship and um, I remember him he, he had a real slow start and then won a heat and the whole place just went mental and you know, you think back to that and goosebumps. You know, I think you know could it could happen. So yeah, <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. Exciting time. And you've been a track reserve before, Steve. So you've sort of had that experience, but yours was one of those years. In fact, one of the few years where nothing happened. No tapes are broken. Everybody got through yeah. in one piece, and uh, you never got your opportunity to come out and have a go. That's it. Yeah, every, every single year, I think before and after, either you know there's been a crash or someone's gone through the tapes or whatever and the, the reserves have managed to get a go. I think even someone's always pulled out. I think that every year since, like obviously last year, Adam Ellis had to withdraw and both reserves got to share the event then. And, you know, the one year I did it, it was just, I think I was with Robert Lambert. We just kind of stood around. So, yeah, I didn't quite get the opportunity to go out there, but, you know, 
thankfully we're here now, we'll get another goal. Well, you're in for the full experience this time, qualifying Friday afternoon, obviously we've spoken about that. Racing, it's a slightly earlier start, five o'clock on Saturday. And as I say, the Brits will be royally supported. I think those moments you've just described about when a wild card comes in and does well, it, it is quite spine tingling. The, the reaction from the Brits is is fabulous, and to have the opportunity to to experience that will be something very special. And I think just standing there listening to the national anthem, I think that in itself will be quite quite moving in some regard when you stand there. You know. Yeah, that's it. And I've sensed already, you know, the the fans, you know, getting behind it all because, like the the two meetings I've done since, I can hardly get to the changing rooms, you know, through people wanting to talk and, <laughs> you know, and, but it, I, no, I absolutely love it. But then I look at my clock, I look at my watch, and I'm thinking, God, best one get changed, you know, time's going on, and you know, but I, I enjoy it, you know, I love that side of it, and I've sensed that already, you know, the fans and every single person saying, oh, congratulations, you know, we can't wait to be at Cardiff cheering for you so you know it's brilliant you know and you, you see it all you, there's so many people so many people who've obviously going by the sounds of you know how much um, inf- we're talking about it every track I've been to so far you know so hopefully that continues and I've got a lot of tracks to go to before then so as Steve Worrell chatting to Kelvin Tatum. If you'd like to hear more of that interview with Stevie and much more from Kelvin, including Kelvin's review of the Speedway World Cup, uh, Riga, uh, also looking ahead to Cardiff, um, British Speedway and all the rest of it, uh, the latest episode of Tatum Talks is available now on all podcast apps. Just search for Tatum Talks Speedway to hear uh, all of that. So a roundup before we go then of the week ahead in British Speedway. The Glasgow Tigers have beaten the Plymouth Gladiators this evening in the Cab Direct Championship, which uh, further advances uh, Glasgow's hopes for the um, qualifying for the playoffs, and they've taken the aggregate bonus point as well. Uh, It was a close one, though. Plymouth 42 Glasgow 48 but Glasgow getting the aggregate bonus point Um, I don't have the stats exactly to hand but that surely will put Glasgow in the playoffs officially I would have thought um, if not now but at some point this week because they're in action again on uh, Wednesday as they travel uh, along the south coast to visit the Pool Pirates and we just heard Steve Worrell there Stevie of course will be riding for the Pirates that that one's very close in aggregate as well Pool 44 Glasgow 46 at the halfway stage Elsewhere in the Cab Direct Championship, uh, it's the Birmingham Brummies up against the Scunthorpe Scorpions, with Scunthorpe trying to uh, cement their place in the playoffs as well. And there's National Development League action as well on Wednesday between the Oxford Chargers and the Berwick Bullets. 46-44 in favour of Oxford on aggregate for that one. Thursday, back to the Sports Insure Premiership. Crunch clash as far as the playoffs are concerned. The Ipswich Witches versus the Leicester Lions. Ipswich have a healthy lead overall in that one. 53-37 for the aggregate uh, situation. But of course, both sides need the points to uh, help them uh, get towards the playoffs if they have any chance it's a very slim outside chance as far as Ipswich are concerned you've got to say if Leicester do beat Ipswich at home that would probably cement the fact that Ipswich won't be involved and pretty much will uh, I guess by default potentially sew things up although Leicester certainly do need the points uh, as well uh, Kings Lynn taking on the Bellevue Aces at the Adrian Flux Arena a home debut for Robert Lambert and uh, it's also Sheffield versus Wolverhampton 
Southampton at Olderton. Looking ahead to Friday, Cab Direct Championship. Edinburgh face the Pool Pirates at Armadale, with Pool leading on aggregate 59-31 there from their clash last weekend. Uh, Edinburgh then follow that up straight after racing a full meeting against Pool. Um, around about 8.30, they reckon, it's going to be Edinburgh versus Birmingham. So they're going big at Armadale on Friday night. Uh, Oxford versus Plymouth on Friday evening as well at Cowley. And we've got the Scunthorpe Scorpions versus the Glasgow Tigers. National Development League, Bellevue Aces versus the Workington Comets. Sorry, not the Bellevue Aces, the Bellevue Colts, I should say, versus the Workington Comets in the National Development League on Friday night at the National Speedway Stadium at 7.30. On Saturday in the Sports Insure Premiership, a rare Saturday fixture, but it's the Leicester Lions versus the Sheffield Tigers. That starts at 6.30 at the Pidcock Motorcycles Arena. That's immediately followed by uh, a fixture in the National Development League for the Leicester Cubs who face the Oxford Chargers. So uh, double bubble there and it's the uh, usual admission price. I think it's £21 for an adult and you get both fixtures for that which I think personally that's incredible value because uh, you're paying the normal premiership admission fee and you're basically getting the National League uh, meeting included in the price as well. So two meetings for the price of one. Leicester versus Sheffield in the Premiership, followed by Leicester versus Oxford in the National Development League. Uh, if you're in the area, definitely worth checking that out. And Workington versus Bellevue at 3 p.m. in the National Development League as well. Sunday, it's a big one. We've got the Championship League Riders Championship, which takes place at Redcar, the uh, Echo Arena, and a uh, huge fixture there racing to be the champion of the uh, Cab Direct championship um there are some changes to the lineup in fact we've got three riders missing out unfortunately because they've been recalled by their polish teams so the current champions sam masters along with josh pickering and steve worrell were in the lineup but they now have to ride in uh, poland unfortunately um which is a bit of a shame of course but here is the full lineup regardless and it's uh, ryan douglas for scunthorpe Chris Harris of Glasgow, Scott Nichols of Oxford, Craig Cook of Edinburgh, Richard Lawson for Poole, Danny King of Redcar, Kyle Howarth of Plymouth, Rory Schlein representing Berwick, Troy Batchelor of Birmingham, Benjamin Basso for Glasgow, Lewis Kerr for Oxford, Charles Wright for Redcar, Richie Worrell for Plymouth, Justin Sedgman of Birmingham, Jake Allen of Scunthorpe and Leon Flint for Berwick are the riders contesting the Championship League Riders Championship at Redcar. And uh, the gate's open there at three, tapes up at five. And if you can't make it, you can watch live on BSN as well for that one. And that takes us through the next week or so, I think. Um, aside, looking ahead to Monday's Sports Insure Premiership action, Bellevue versus Leicester. Um, Leicester versus Kings Lynn in a double header. We've got Wolverhampton versus Sheffield. And uh, we've got that Premiership Knockout Cup semi-final second leg. Much awaited, I have to say. Peterborough versus Ipswich in that one. Ipswich, though, are uh, very much up in the proceedings. And that uh, takes us to the end of the next week ahead across British Speedway. Thanks for joining us. Hope you've enjoyed the podcast. We'll be back with you next week. 
as we get ready for a big week in Speedway, reviewing the uh, Championship League Riders Championship. And, of course, we will be looking ahead to the Championship pairs at Oxford on the night before Cardiff. All on the way next week on No Breaks, No Fear, the official British Speedway podcast. No Breaks, No Fear, the official British Speedway podcast. Sports Social Podcast Network.